Derek, I say we dive in, man. Let's do it. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious about, James, how um, how do you feel about Android versus Apple or just... I, I had a feeling this was going to come up. So we have this Android, <laughs> this Android person, this Apple person. Fortunately, I'm one of those that I have both. So... Mm -hmm. uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I can ride both sides of the fence. You'd be a great moderator. You will. You're going to be perfect. For yep, that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I've kind of got a pretty good idea of what's best in uh, in both, you know, in different categories, pros and cons of both. Derek and I will try to take off our usually reserved and nuanced opinionated selves and go full on hot take here. Let's do it. That's right. Now, the last um, precursor question I have for you, James, is coming from an IT background. Now, in the past, any IT specialist, you say Mac or Apple, they do that. They sneeze, they roll their sneeze, eyes, yeah. they, they walk out of the room, <laughs> Could you might, did throw, to me already? might throw a punch. Is that still the case? Is Apple still the worst for anybody in the IT field? I don't, I would say no. Uh, they got something like 25% of the business market now. Like there's not an art department out there that isn't using a Mac somewhere and somebody in the, and a lot of executives, some organizations are exclusively Apple. So that debate still goes on internally, but I believe both have their place for sure. All right. How nuanced of you. Uh, you knew yeah. I was going to do that. <laughs> Very politically correct. <laughs> Love it. So I looked at all the specs on the iPhone, iPhone 14. Are you? Are we diving right in? I, oh, I guess we're on this already. Yeah, here we go. Not not much has changed physically. Internally, they claim yes, it has, but uh, I don't know. My biggest issue, and I'm glad that Gary, you have a Google Pixel, correct? Indeed, I do. It's, it's the one Android phone that, on the camera side, I actually hear a, an even take on which is better, iPhone or Android. It, it will, specifically the google pixel any other camera out there is crap we'll just go with that hot taking it up itself but in this iphone 14 they have updated to a 48 megapixel sensor on the pro on the pro on the pro that's right yeah. <laughs> only if you have enough money can you have something like that otherwise they dumb right. it down pretty aggressively for any poor people out there i don't know if it's worth it because one any picture you take with that 48 megapixel sensor, yes, it'll be sharper, but it's still being down to 12 unless you actually shoot raw. Would anybody shoot raw on a cell phone? I've got a fast enough card. They call it Pro Raw, by the way. They have their own proprietary version now. It's Pro, Pro Raw. Of course. So it's somewhere halfway between file. the two, between raw and. Don't start with that, of course, thing. Everybody does that. Even the Sony. DSLRs and the Canon DSLRs, they all have their own DNG-esque type file. Maybe. But my big issue is that dang lightning port. That is not a good port for exporting anything. Now, if they switch to the USB-C for charging, then maybe, but that lightning port isn't fast enough. If you have 20 raw images that you want to export to a computer, Unless you're running a Mac and you airdrop it. And you airdrop, which is still the game changer and something that airdrop is so fast. No Android phone can even come close to competing with right. is airdrop. True. I mean, I'll give you the airdrop, but USB-C alone, man. I mean, <laughs> get with the times. 
It's true. <laughs> Apple realizes that the problem that they've created of all the waste cables to the point where they don't even give you a cable anymore if you buy a phone. You get a cable, just not a brick. Oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> wireless charging options now, right? Oh, right. As long as you don't use a case. Yeah. Right. Because I have a wireless <laughs> wireless charger sitting on the side of my wall in my house. No. <laughs> my wife just bought a standing desk and it has one built in. Wow. And that will work with any Android phone now. Anyway. True. My issue anytime I use an Android is it's just, it doesn't feel user-friendly. I think there's a trade-off from on how customizable and special you can make it for how useful it is. And this goes especially with PCs. You can customize a PC until you're blue in the face. You can build one from the ground up. But in my opinion, that's why they all suck. <laughs> a Mac says you're going to take what we'll give you, but what we'll give you is fantastic. So I used to feel that I no. So full disclosure here, I was an OG iPhone user, but my last iPhone, who this is dating, was the 5S. Now, give it, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a new phone guy, so by the time I up got out of iPhone, like the seven was out or maybe the eight, but it's it's been a while. But I used to have that same beef with anything android is that you open up the phone and it looks janky it looks messy and it's funny because that's arbitrary you know descriptors of a of an interface but it just felt off but then i decided to start switching or start looking into switching and and maybe this is just for my phone which is the pixel and because it is pure google from the hardware standpoint and pure Google now from the operating standpoint, I never once thought, oh, this feels cluttered. Oh, this is messier than the iOS that I came from. Now, not everybody loves Pixels. Most Android users don't use Pixels. Most Android users are on something else. But if we're talking about using the Pixel, I don't think the cleanliness, the clutteriness, as you say, it is just as clean and polished as any you know iOS interface. But then, yeah, the customization, and, and and I think it's funny. Derek and I were talking about this this morning before we got on. Is like, I don't, I don't think I'm, I qualify as a power smartphone user in any sense of the word. I mean, I plug my phone in at night, and it's at worst sixty percent battery. Now, maybe that's a testament to the Pixel's battery, which I would also go to bat and defend. But I think it's also a testament to how heavy I'm using my phone, which is not. So me saying, oh, yeah, all these customizable features when, frankly, I don't really use them. <laughs> and since our conversation is scattered anyway, and we're going to be just one tangent on another, I mean, that goes into one of the big aspects of customization is widgets. And, you know, everybody's all excited that the iOS 14 or what are we on now? 14? 14. No, iPhone 14, oh, iOS. iPhone 14. 16. 16. 16. Yeah now supports widgets on the lock screen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. You know, Android's had that for like a decade, <laughs> you know, like, and so, and yeah, yeah. Always on display. Wow. Yeah. We've also had that for a decade way to catch up. And to me, one way or another, like I don't use widgets. So I don't, that wouldn't have been a factor for me either way. I just don't, I don't like that. I think widgets are cluttered. And I think that's what's funny is that originally, 
Android was the only one with widgets. And I think that's what maybe added to the clutter is that there was like all oh, these bigger looking app type things on the interface. Well, now Apple has all that too. And look at the convenience you can have of opening subparts of certain applications. Nah. But welcome, welcome to uh, five-year-old, 10-year-old Android specs, <laughs> Apple. That's right. You take something that is, it is five to 10 years old and you show how to do it better. Oh, they do execute quite a bit better. Now, one thing that I do like about the iPhone 14, I hate that they named it. <laughs> Apple has to name everything. The island. The dynamic <laughs> island. Dynamic island. Amazing yeah. island, perfect island, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. The are features not. are actually pretty slick, though. Uh, from a multi-app, I use multiple apps always. I have something Dude, running. Android's been doing multiple apps. Forever. That's all fine and good. And and Apple can do that, could have done that better for a long time. But to take the ugly pill that they've dealt with or the notch and turn it into an actual feature, which when you use it, the interface is, is pretty impressive. I think it's pretty good. And that's an example of Apple not being first or even second or third or fourth or fifth. But when they do step up to the plate, damn, do they do it well. Yeah, but to me, I see that and I hear that they've branded it because, of course, they have. They have to. <laughs> it sounds just like that. And I can't even remember the name of the silly thing on the the Max, the little bar. Touch bar? Oh, the, the touch, touch bar. bar. Man, yeah, I the touch bar. Yeah, you've all come around to it. But when it first came out, man, did people hate that thing. I mean, again, oh, I don't right. use a Mac, so I can't I can't weigh in on if it's nice or good or bad. But it reminds me of that. And it's oh, yeah. frivolous. There was so much hate for it. I actually, my Mac has that. I love it. What's funny is they immediately got rid of it. It's not around anymore. Oh, didn't know that. But Apple is good at that. And then the one thing that everybody unanimously agreed on that was genius was the MagSafe uh, charging port. It was a magnet. So when you yep. kick the cable, which everybody has in their life at least once, doesn't it's break. A magnet. It doesn't break. They mm -hmm. took it away. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And now there's a, my current power cable has a little kink in it because, yeah, it got kicked and it didn't break away the way that the MagSafe used to. What's uh what's our group take here on uh, the aux cable port, the audio jack port? Not up have anymore. What's the point? Not a single Everybody one of them. All the new Galaxies, Pixels, iPhone doesn't matter. They're all gone. I was mad when they took it away from the Pixel, but it's bad. I have a Pixel five A, so again, I don't. I'm not on the six is gone. The yeah, the six six and six Pro, mm -hmm. uh, but the five A has one. They brought it back. And do I use it a lot? No, but I use it sometimes. And maybe that's because, look, again, guys, I don't have the latest technology. My car is 15 years old, and so I have a cassette tape that has an wow. aux cable that runs out of it. Oh, I remember those. And I can plug <laughs> yeah. it into my phone. Plug it into your CD player or your phone, yeah. Nice. Oh, the cassette tape. That, so that's pretty old school so you're right maybe maybe the uh, audio jack is really does need to just go away but we were my well, wife and i were to make it waterproof mad. right this is they're all ip48 or whatever mm -hmm. it is waterproof now so my, my son in fact was out fishing dropped his i call it an iphone in the water and for an hour they couldn't find it and some kids came along who were snorkeling he paid him 20 bucks each they dug it out of the river and it was still ringing that was the wildest part <laughs> and they found it with screen on it was lit up and it was ringing 
and uh, still works to this day. It's a good feature that finally became standard. Yeah. All right. I took I took some more notes, and these are admittedly fluff or low jabs, but that's what we're here for, right? So shots across the bow here a little bit. Silly catch-up features. We already covered uh, widgets. We already covered the always-on display, which, again, welcome to 2022, Apple. Refresh rate we could cover, but we'll get to that. Um, and again, this one, this one's a silly one. And if you're using Apple Maps, regardless of being an iPhone user or not, shame on you. I think we you should learn your lesson by now. But apparently there's an upgrade in there that now you can add multiple stops. Yeah, multiple three. stops. Yeah. <laughs> that one had but, me laughing. <laughs> but you have to manually adjust them to, in order to sort them correctly. It doesn't do it on its own. Like if you choose them out of order, it will send you out of order. You have to manually slide them around to get going in the path that you want. That one, that one got me. That was pretty funny. That's, but that's not you can now new. use Siri to add and remove them where you could not before. Oh, that's pretty neat. I, I just, okay. Yeah. Um, the other one that you brought up this morning, Derek, that I couldn't believe that I, that, again, because if I were to switch to iPhone, I'm sure there's things that I'd be like, oh, this is kind of nice that I don't have. And there are other things like, why did I take for granted that, are, that would be missing? Haptic feedback apparently wasn't a thing until, until last month. It wasn't. That was mind blowing. I just, and haptic feedback, of course, is just like vibrating while you text. Just a little, little mm-hmm. touch there. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that that wasn't a thing. I thought that was just common smartphone 101, but. No, it wasn't. Apparently, that was something that they were too good for, I guess. Um, the thing that gets me, though, is I love Google. Great. Pixel seems like a solid phone. I'd never have one. But they also made the Chromebook. And that thing is a nightmare. It's not compatible with anything. It doesn't function the way that any regular laptop does. It's like stepping back into the past. It's just a browser. That's all it is. It's a browser with hardware. It's what it is. Now, it's been a godsend everywhere in schools. Mm -hmm. It's been a godsend for schools. So if you're doing school remotely, then yes, for a seven-year-old, a Chromebook (laughs) is good. But you can't tell me that Google launched the Chromebook thinking their target demographic was kids in in grade school. Because that's about all who can get anything out of it. Anything, <laughs> anybody who's in high school, once you hit high school, it's a useless machine, in my opinion. It's it's not worth anything. I guess that does dovetail a little bit into the overall Apple versus not, ne- not necessarily just Android iOS, but the Apple versus Apple and everything else, else world. is price. <laughs> I did yeah. a fun price comparison. The iPhone 14 Pro Max, which is the 6.5 inch, and I compared it to the Google Pixel 6 Pro, which is also 6.5, 6.7 inch. 256 gigabyte storage on both. The iPhone is $1,200. The Google is $1,000. Now, never mind the fact that that's just stupid expensive for a phone anyway. Yeah, very true. Like, just both of them are stupid expensive. But... $200 $200 difference, 20% difference in price for, we could argue nitpicky on specs, but let's just, you know, a 5% differential on the specs between battery and processor and blah, 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 $200 difference. And of course, all you Appleites are going to say, well, that's the brand, man. It's the logo. <laughs> You're also looking at the Pro Max, the, the, the straight version, the iPhone 14, 
compared to the S22, the Galaxy S22, same exact price, 800 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. The Pixel the 6 issue, is 600 bucks, so yeah. different price level. But The issue with iPhone now, they've done this the last few, is if you get the 250 gig, if you step down, they downrate everything. You get a lesser chip, you get like everything mm-hmm. is stepped down. The camera's weaker. My biggest issue with Apple and everything else is screen brightness. I don't know where the pixel stands on that, but if I ever use a PC or anybody else's, like Samsung, all of those, I feel like the screen has been turned down. It's mm. too freaking dim for me. It's twice as bright now too. Oh you yeah, that? super bright. The new ones are twice as bright in the sunlight. Yep. And the, it's like 2000 nits, whatever oh, it is. Insane. I thought that was a bug, but. The Apple Watch, they did the same thing. They doubled the yeah. brightness on the Apple Watch as well. It's got to suck the heck out of the battery life, but. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm squinting every time I look at a device that isn't <laughs> a Mac. All right. So what's good with the iPhone 14? Can we talk about that? You ready to do that? I, good with the iPhone 14. How about the crash detection, you guys? Come on. That's cool stuff. The what? The crash detection. You, did you, oh, yeah. You, you and the a wreck, right? Yeah. It's got these, you know, gravimeters or whatever they're called and uh, and some accelerometers in there. And if it detects that you tumbled, all right, and did all this high G stuff, then it it for 10 seconds, it alerts you and says, do you want to call? You swipe to call. And if you don't, within 10 seconds, it just launches a call anyway. It's true. Um, it's that's pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, but even better than that was the the SOS satellite feature, right? Oh, so now, yeah. That's, this is cool stuff. So what's the time? Yeah, what's that? Tell it, walk us through that. All right. All right, so SOS satellite, they're coming in November. Uh, it's now it's only, no, it's on all the iPhone 14s. Uh, they don't have a price yet. They said it's free for the first two years, so we'll see what this turns out to be. But it will do a burstable, uh, compressed text link to a satellite. So kind of mostly for outdoors, right? So if you get lost in the woods somewhere or your car breaks down, you're in the middle of nowhere, if you can get access to the sky, then you can set up a satellite link. And they get this cool little... I mean, their ad was pretty cool, right? They show these two hikers in the middle of nowhere and they're lost. The lady pulls up her iPhone and it says, of course, no cell service because they're in the middle of nowhere. So she fires up this satellite link and it, it kind of directs you, point toward the satellite. Okay, stay here for a minute. Now, and it pulls up a list of options. I'm lost, I'm hurt, I have a couple other options. You send that and it sends it to a company they've partnered with called Global Star. And Global Star will send an emergency vehicle to, re- to respond so this is a pretty cool feature i have to admit i mean you know yeah. phone phone features the heck with all those if i'm in the middle of nowhere which i've been before i may have an option if i'm lost or hurt or something else and so that's pretty cool yeah. they're looking out for people like that i mean you know, maybe cool. they're just trying to market <clears throat> it but it's a pretty cool feature i have to admit that's coming in november supposedly and we'll see and they they did all these uh tests with like millions of crash data to try to make the the sensors inside respond only to uh, crash events not, and accidents, not because I dropped my phone and suddenly the ambulance shows up. Right. So, hmm. um, so we'll yeah. see how this plays out, but it looked pretty cool. I have to, I have to say it. that was pretty awesome. And it works with the find my integration too. So if you're trying to find your family member, right. Who may be lost, you can use the satellite. You can go hmm. know where they are. They added a feature in relation to that with your with the Apple Watch, the Ultra. Yeah. Apple Watch Ultra is, I think it comes in around $700, something like that, 800 somewhere oh. between there. Wow. 
it is and it's massive like it's it's the biggest screen you get one style it's got like a programmable button on the side but that is very much for the extreme athletes so you can dive with it down to 100 meters and it'll actually give you depth information pressure information all that kind of stuff when you're diving Ooh. if you're a, a climber or a big time hiker it gives you all sorts of information it's got dual band gps which means if you go in and out of service for the most part it'll hang on to your location regardless of where you are and then it has an sos feature where it lets out this especially for a little watch a very loud noise to help alert people that might be within your vicinity so that is pretty cool that they're they're focusing on on all of that how many people will use it? I don't know. I can't wait for the YouTuber to test that crash feature and see how well it works. <laughs> yes, some, somebody will do it for the TikTok. Somebody will do it, yeah. Really crash their car. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. that. It's not That'll be interesting. I don't, I don't suggest that you do, but if you do it, please let me know. Don't make this the new Tide Pod challenge, please. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a I'm a firm believer in natural selection, so I'm I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> I'll just tell you, did you guys hear about the eSIM, right? So now it's the SIM card. SIM tray's oh, gone. Well, no more SIM cards. Android. I know. Now you get two of them, so you can do two. I know there's some other phones been doing that for a I've while. I've had a but... virtual SIM card since I got my Pixel. Have you? Okay, nice. And maybe that's but, a feature. I'm on Google Fi. Maybe that's part of that too. But anyway, my concern with the eSIMs for any of them is how does that make it? Do you have to go back to it being difficult to switch? So on the iPhone, a setting e change. You just a couple clicks and you switch to your other one. Oh, I mean, if you want to, if you have an iPhone SIM card and you want to switch to an Android, um, is that going to be difficult? Or if you have an Android and you want to switch to an iPhone, back, right? Are they just not going to let you? Man, it was a carrier thing. Yeah, it would be okay. so interesting to see what kind of migration patterns there are across Apple to Android. Because I wonder if there's not that much. This is totally anecdotal me guessing. I don't know. But all you do is you, you get the new users. iPhone families tend to be iPhone families. Android families tend to be Android families. And so new users, you don't get existing users swapping of it more so you get new users that are part of family that are growing up uh things like that and that that goes back to you know the cost android phones are generally more entry level and approachable for most people but um <clears throat> i was going to say on the theme of apple's user protection which again there's a lot of props to be given on that front uh derek and i talked about this on another episode of between the bites so plug to go check out past episodes of the podcast but Apple's privacy controls, uh, maybe some good and bad there, but generally speaking, you know, props to Apple for prioritizing that. Now, as Derek and I mentioned, I think in the podcast, we won't go full on into that. Uh, we're under no illusions that Apple's intentions are completely noble and above reproach. There's, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> they have their app store. They're a multi-billion, nearly trillion dollar company. Give me a break. But it is, I think, a good stride as the theme of Between the Bytes in general of cyber protection especially for users so props on that front personally i think it's a little preemptive you don't want a story to come out oh no, oh, no apple's been tracking everybody's activity in the app store aggressively <laughs> what you look at how long you look at look at it for what you view your interests apple tracks all of that stuff 
So now there really can't be a story that comes out and says, oh my gosh, Apple's doing all this because Apple's already put in the groundwork to show that they you know, care about people's privacy. <laughs> and you can tell by the messaging, and I know I've said this before, so I'll make it quick. When Apple came out with that, you get onto Facebook or Instagram, a notification came up on your iPhone. It said, this app is trying to track your activity and it's all scary and a big notification. Do you want to let it track you or not? Yes or no. Then they said they sent out the same a similar notification, same message in the app store. It says, would you like us to track some of your high level activity to make sure that we give you the best user experience possible in our app store? Yes or no. That's how aggressively different they worded it versus Apple doing it, which is out of the goodness of their hearts and everybody else doing it, which is just pure evil. <laughs> that that drove me a little crazy. <laughs> they are pro marketers. There's no doubt. Oh, they're good at it. They are very good at that. Which they're selling. A, they're I don't selling think a there's a lot of back and forth between users. Anybody who gets into an iPhone, it, obviously you're not going to downgrade. Why would you step down to something less please, effective please leave and then it. we get people like you gary where it's a point of pride now <laughs> it doesn't matter if all of a sudden google just lets out let's say seven duds in a row for seven straight years they just bomb on them. i don't think they would obviously they just bomb i think there's a lot of users out there that'll just suffer through it because they're too prideful to switch to something better like so many other things in the world now, it's just, it's another, it's another tribal camp to live in. It really is. It's very aggressive yeah. camp. But let's be honest, they're selling something. iPhone's doing something right. Apple's doing something right. Because when they release an iPhone, people line up out the door to go buy these. And you don't see that happen in the other, in the other markets. Uh, the last upgrade I did was from the 11 to the 13. I waited seven months after the release, something like that. Some of the, the pro size, cause I like really big phones. So the pro that I wanted was still sold out. Wow. Seven months later, it was still sold out. I could get it in space gray, which I think is the most criminally boring color in the world. They just put space in front of the word gray. It's still just a gray friggin' phone. But again, that's Apple's marketing savvy. Call it space gray. And then all of a yep. sudden it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, midnight you know and starlight are black and white for the colors now. <laughs> you know that it was just the cheapest color that they could get because Space Gray's been around since the iPod came out. That was just the cheapest color because you don't have to tint anything. <laughs> but yeah, it still took that long after that many months. So yeah, Apple is doing something right. What's funny though is there is a country in South America. Was it Brazil? I think it was something like Brazil is actually suing Apple for selling an incomplete product by not including the little charging brick in their iPhones. Mm. Also sounds like something Europe would sue for. Mm -hmm. Oh, Europe has a, don't quote me on this. I heard it in passing, but I think Europe said by 2024, it's um, USB-C or nothing. And they'll yeah. ban, the sale, they'll yeah. ban the sale of iPhones, yeah. period. I saw that too. Which the FCC has been trying to, fight that battle for forever but for some reason apple as a whole apple mac everything can just get away with ignoring that <laughs> standard i guess right? i guess one one last commentary i'll throw out maybe as we uh, wrap up here our uh, lively discussion is 
my observation in general, as I thought about, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the iPhone 14 versus the Google Pixel and all the things that the iPhone came out with. And I thought if I'd gone back to myself 10 years ago, which 2012, I don't know what version of the iPhone we were on yet. Obviously the Google Pixel didn't exist yet, but let's just say 2012 was approximately the iPhone four or five, give or take. It was probably the four. So pretty early iteration. Now, on the one hand, we've come a long way in terms of what the smartphone is and can do. But on the other hand, not really. It's still just a glass brick that's a computer in your hand, which I that is a miracle of technology and is amazing, unprecedented in all of human history. I'm not diminishing that. It just 10 years of innovation doesn't seem that innovative to me, I guess. We're celebrating all these features the iPhone came out with or the Pixel and comparing Pixel amounts in the camera. <laughs> and it's like, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not a technologist. I don't know what the big iterative change should be, but it hasn't happened. And in 10 years, you think something would have been really remixed by now. And it doesn't, and whether it's Apple, whether it's Android, just the landscape in general seems a little stagnant and every year we got to release something new that's got a little bit better specs all because we just got to sell more of these things we're not actually improving these things and this is why you need a company like samsung you think of samsung and their lineup of phones the full man have they have they sent out a lot of really horrible terrible phones but it's because they're not afraid to try some really weird shit they are the ones that are pioneering the foldable phones. And honestly, if anything would make me switch from Apple, it would be when they really get the foldable technology down. It's still, when you open up a foldable phone, you can still feel the crease. And I get that, yes, the OLEDs are pretty durable, but still the thought of opening and closing a phone however many times a day a for three years, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that that screen's still going to be okay after three years. Because... Those phones are seventeen to eighteen hundred dollars. They are not cheap. So yeah, I'm gonna want at least three years out of a phone, which is pathetic because I used to have the little flip phone from Singular when Singular Wireless was a thing, and that dang phone it had a mirror on the front, not even a camera. It was a ridiculous mirror on the front. <laughs> it was indestructible. I threw it out of a car once. Onto the highway, uh, not highway, onto the, the pavement, though. It wasn't a dirt road. It was a paved road. I threw it out of a car going 30. Nope. It didn't even turn off. It was still on. <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned we had a flip phone X number of years ago. Now we have a flip phone now going, ooh, it's a flip phone, right? Yeah, so it's not special. About, but yeah, I miss cool. our buttons for typing. Right, you could type so much faster. <laughs> I could feel the buttons. You could go, you could go faster. You know, blackberries, right? You actually feel the buttons. You could go much faster. Now I got to look at the thing. I got to keep looking at the thing. Um, so I, I do miss actually touch typing. I, I do miss buttons. I don't know how they're gonna bring that back, but they should. I had a BlackBerry. I loved the full keyboard. So when I was texting somebody or writing an email, it was great. Yep. I never used that phone for anything else because I hated the user interface for everything else. So it actually was a good thing. If you want to not use a phone as much, if you feel like you're too glued to it, BlackBerry, Samsung, 
some of those phones are really great because they'll make you so mad every time you try to use a different application, <laughs> you just won't anymore. It's a good way to cut out social media. <laughs> Break addiction by using an inferior product. I love it. Right, That's right, right. new pitch. All right. I'm going to throw out there that there are pros and cons of both. Having owned both, it's true. I would say there are pros and cons to both. I will say the iPhone is a much more polished, smooth UI and environment, right? When I when I click on something, like I switch to video from, from audio, the audio fades out, the video fades in as far as the sound goes. I mean, everything is just much more crisp and clear. Um, however, it also plays every time I get in my car. Even if I wasn't playing something when I started with, oh, every yeah. time I get in my car, <laughs> it insists I listen to something. It starts me bonkers. <laughs> it just picks some random thing and starts playing. Um, I do like, however, I can't run, I'm a tech, right? So I can't run my networking tools in this because they're all locked down and I can't get to them. On my Android, I can run all these wireless analysis tools and, and I do, that's what I use to, to scan it out, to scan wireless and all that. So much more open, a bit more versatile, um, both other pros and cons yep. in my opinion. And yeah, iPhone and Apple, you know, Macs are in general, no, you don't get to customize them at all. You can tell if you've ever watched an, uh, somebody who takes apart an iPhone, that is a process. Oh my gosh, that is a process. It's not made to be taken apart and repaired. No, if you crack your screen, just go buy a new iPhone is what they right, want. Right, right. <laughs> um, the last thing, Google came out with their AirPods equivalent. I haven't heard much about it. I didn't get a chance. From the captions and things that I'm reading, it sounds like they actually did pretty well. But the new AirPods that Apple came out with sound pretty amazing. When I worked in a warehouse, I listened to music 12 hours a day. And so I, I had the AirPods Pro. The noise cancellation is unrivaled except by Bose. Bose is the only other company that has come close. Yep. But the... Oh, what do they call the feature where it lets in ambient noise? Yeah, I can't you can turn off the the sound blocking. Here. What it does though is it it there's microphones on the outside, one for the noise cancellation. But then what AirPods does is it listens to everything around you, makes it quieter, but then plays it in your earbuds. Which in a warehouse is a godsend. When you have forklifts driving back and forth, you want to be able to hear it, but you don't want it to blow your ears out. So that feature alone makes those insane they're like 250 bucks it's an insane price unless you're used to buying bose headphones then you're like oh that's actually pretty reasonable <laughs> but, uh, that feature alone is is fantastic and then on the new ones that they came out with one they added a little lanyard hook to the case if you really want to it seems like a really nerdy thing to do but whatever um two they've doubled the noise cancellation which i personally call bs on I'll, I'll see it when when i can actually demo those headphones but that would mean that they've outperformed even bose now and then the biggest one is there's now a little speaker on your airpods case that you can ping when you lose that stupid mm. case which is actually quite easy you yeah. have your headphones in so that you Undergone. can walk around and move you're not putting it in your pocket you're going to set it somewhere now you can ping it which in my opinion is the only good use of an Apple watch. I get too many notifications. So when I had an Apple watch, the happiest day of my life was when it broke. <laughs> I never even tried to fix it. Cause all of a sudden I realized, Oh my gosh, I don't have notifications anymore. 
But being able to ping your cell phone from your Apple Watch, that is the coolest feature, the most genius thing in the world. That's, in my opinion, it's only use. But those little things are pretty, pretty smart. So we'll see if Google can keep up because Apple has had quite the head start in the earbud range. Well, and, and to Gary's point, no, no innovations in the last decade. Crash detection, satellite that's linkage for lots of people. I mean, no, that's, that's cool. That's a pretty big deal, I think. I mean, we'll see if it works, of course. It's still coming out in November. But if it does as it says it does, that could be that could be a pretty big game changer, guys. As for the price, I'm optimistic. That is one thing that Apple doesn't do is they don't charge you an arm and a leg for the little things. Like if you need iCloud, if you want to pay for extra storage for the little things, Gary. If you want a terabyte. Monitor stand. Oh, God. Yeah, no, don't do that. That's just silly. <laughs> I'm saying if you want a terabyte of iCloud storage, it's like nine, it might have gone up. It's like $1.99. So I don't think the satellite service will be some insane price. I hope not. I hope not. But no, if you want an Apple accessory, if you're buying accessories for any of your Apple products straight from Apple, that's your fault. That's not on Apple. That's your <laughs> fault. I swear that's got to be their motto is anybody who buys our accessories isn't isn't using their head very well <laughs> by, by third party. Apple's been around long enough that any of the third party tools or accessories are just fine. Don't buy a case for your iPad from Apple. That's ridiculous. They charge you for the back piece and then separately for the front piece. <laughs> I've never seen a company try so hard to say F you to their own clientele. <laughs> Do you want a full case? That'll be $90 <laughs> because it has a magnet that turns the screen off when you close it. Yep. <laughs> All that being said, I refuse to leave Apple because everything else just sucks. It's inferior. <laughs> Tribalism at its finest. I love it. Oh man, oh, that's so true. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think it's time we wrap this up. Good discussion. Yep. I think we've covered man a lot of the big points. We didn't go into the the, the PC Mac debate, but that's maybe for another day. Mm -hmm. And we'll uh, we'll let the IT nerds really hash that one out. But uh, yeah, as you said, James. In summary, pros and cons. Personal taste abound when it comes to this yeah. uh, this discussion in the first place. So. So yeah, iOS 16, you can remove text messages and edit text messages already been sent now. If the other person is if running the person iOS is also 16. on iOS We're trying 16. to wrap up here and you want to bring up the stupid <laughs> SMS thing. Don't get me started on Apple bubbles. digging their heels in on That's being terrible. dumb. <laughs> Especially because what everybody else is using in this one case is an upgrade of what Apple's right, using. Yeah. It's an actual upgrade that I mean, Apple's I mean, you saw what Tim Cook said to the guy that's like, look, man, my grandma, I can't. The blue bubbles. Grandma's like, we'll just buy your grandma an iPhone. <laughs> okay, iPhones come out tomorrow. And the pluses come out on the 7th of October, if anyone yep. is still interested in buying. This episode of Between the Bites is not sponsored by Apple or Google. Oh, God. Apple won't even pay their bug bounties. They're not going to sponsor any, <laughs> any marketing. That's for sure. Um, iOS 16 is out. I actually updated last night. So on far, the pros. genuinely love it. Only on the pros. Um, it's only on the iPhone pros. All right. Mm -hmm. So any of you who don't have a pro, think about your choices, I guess. You peasant. <laughs> <laughs> um i got a google yeah. security update last night Ooh. and then the theme of between the bites you know keep your os up to date folks stay secure yeah, please do a new yeah. os for sam's or any android phone you get better language 
features mm, I saw app that by app. That's basically the whole thing. Nothing else has changed. Mm. So. More emoticons on the iPhone. My wife always comes and tells me about the new emoticons. That always a great like, really? Always really? A great so many other ways to express your feelings. You know what? <laughs> Apple totally wins. I concede the debate. Perfect. On that note, we're going to call it a wrap. Gary admitted it. Apple wins. <clears throat> All right. All right, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll argue about Apple computers and PC in the near future because I use both and man do I have words so we'll save that for the next one I'm looking forward hope everybody to has a good day and uh, yeah check us out on Between the Bites our po- weekly podcast and yeah we'll see you guys there okay take care everyone see ya see ya